Welcome to Love Beyond. This podcast is powered by the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Subscribe and listen on your favorite podcast platform today. Visit unitedinlove.org forward slash love beyond. Welcome to the Love Beyond podcast, where we are loving like Jesus through Loving Beyond. My name is Kanita Rutley, Director of Intercultural Prayer and Missions for the National Day of Prayer Task Force. This is a space for which crucial conversations will take place that'll strengthen your heart to walk in unity as the word of God mandates for the people of God. Love Beyond is powered by United in Love, an initiative of the National Day of Prayer Task Force, birthed to bring the body of Christ together toward prayer, care, share, living. This month, we've been praying into the societal sphere of arts, media, and entertainment. National Day of Prayer has literally prayed for years over this mountain. And today, we're going to be talking with someone who is more than qualified to speak into and pray into this sphere. And that is none other than my friend, Mr. Jamie Fitt, leader of the Philadelphia Tabernacle of David, preacher, teacher, prophetic worship leader. He's a songwriter, husband, father. He is all the things that I don't even understand he is because he does so much (laughs) that it just tires me out just thinking about it. (laughs) But Jamie, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor to be with you. And uh, it's it's awesome to to share with you and and, uh, appreciate your heart and all that you do as well, Kanita. Amen. It's, well, it's been a privilege just uh, watching and partnering in ministry, joining together in intercessory prayer over these past years. I've met you some years ago uh, during my time at American Bible Society, and um, I just haven't been the same from your influence, your witness, and your perseverance in prayer. So I just want to start off by thanking you uh, for your obedience to God, and I'm excited about this dialogue today. Yeah, thank you, and and it's been awesome to to connect with you, and you've been a, a an encouragement and uh, inspiration as well. Just your faithfulness and and how you've sought the Lord over these these last years, and uh, and now in a role with the uh, National Day Prayer is just really awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Well, let's just delve right in. A lot of people I know would be encouraged to hear about uh, just how you just develop such a passion, you know, and an intentionality in the movement of intercessory prayer. And so why don't you just share with our listeners how that passion sparked and how it led to the Philadelphia Tabernacle of David taking shape? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, uh, I come from a, a family that has kind of always, uh, we've always been in church um, and, uh, but I grew up in a much more traditional setting. Um, but when I was about 16 or 17 years old, we went to a, a church that was kind of, um, transitioning into, and I don't like the term, but you'll understand what I mean if I say contemporary worship. And, right. um, and, and through that, um, <clears throat> really we were, we had encounters with the Lord, um, that we had never quite experienced before. And, um, and so we were really on a, a, a mission to kind of go and, and connect with um, some of our friends and folks that we were connected with in, in other traditional churches to say, look, you know, there's nothing wrong with traditional worship and stuff like that. But um, the, the goal of this is really to encounter God. It's not just, uh, 
you know, religious right. duty. And so um, we began doing that. And in the process of going into some of these um, traditional churches, we, we ran into a guy who um, encouraged us to do a 12-hour uh, worship time. And, um, and so we thought when he encouraged us to do that, that he had some kind of a plan, but it turns out his plan was to ask us to do it and then for <laughs> us to do it. So, so that's exactly what happened. And our, our family worship team, uh, probably about eight or so of us <clears throat> did 12 hours straight of worship and prayer, um, through the night watch. Um, and this was back in probably 1998 or 1999. We didn't know anything about like the International House of Prayer in Kansas City and these right. 24-7 prayer initiatives. We just, we just got baptized into this thing um, very much by accident in a sense. And so from that, the Lord really birthed in us uh, a passion for the tabernacle of David. And David's tabernacle... Um, is really in many ways a blueprint for New Testament worship. That's why it's referenced in Acts 15 um, with regard to what New Testament worship is supposed to look like. And so, um, but David's, David's worship in the tabernacle of David had a couple of, of distinctives. One was there was no veil separating the people from the presence of God. So it was encounter type you know, it was encounter based. And so that just resonated with us. But then the second piece was that it was continuous worship and prayer and really prophetic declaration um, mm -hmm. as, as the musicians and singers would, uh, would catch kind of the wind of the Lord. Um, they, would, they would prophesy and many of the Psalms were birthed out of that place. And if you read the Psalms, you see this incredible mix of worship and intercession. Which um, I love the way one of my uh, one of my uh, spiritual mentors in worship over the years says that he says this side of heaven, uh, your worship will always uh, be mixed with intercession. Um, there'll be there'll be a there'll be a day when we we get to a place where he wipes every tear from our eye and and, and all these things that we know are true and, and it'll be just pure adoration to him. But on this side of eternity. Um, I believe worship and intercession are inseparable uh, and actually made to go together. Um, you know, if you have intercession without worship, uh, you can often get uh, fixated on um, too much of the darkness and too much of what the enemy is doing. And you forget how great God is. Um, right. But if you have if you have worship without intercession, it tends to become very stagnant and, um, you know, too inner focused. Uh, and we forget about, you know, all that's going on in the world around us. And so uh, this cry of uh, our father who art in heaven, holy is your name, worship, right? Holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That just became a, a key for us. And so that's really what uh, Philadelphia Tabernacle of David has become many, many years later um, through mm -hmm. many different twists and turns as the Lord has done it. But that's that's really our heart cry. That's so good. And I think that's a great segue uh, to my next question, because as we talk about the importance of worship, we understand that we live in a culture that is very much so idolatrous. Um, we always are looking for objects or things to worship uh, that were created by the creator. <laughs> yeah. Oftentimes we don't know how to 
make the connection between the fact that the greatness that we see in these public figures and people who are in the arts, media, and entertainment sphere, the greatness that we see is a direct manifestation of them being an image bearer of the living and true God. And so help us to understand why it's so important for the church to be praying intentionally and strategically over arts, media, and entertainment. Yeah. Well, I think you, you set it up really well in the sense that um, part of what it means to be in the image of God, who is creator, is that we ourselves, he's given us the ability to create. And um, that's incredible. Uh, that is really, really incredible. Um, we don't, you know, we don't see that kind of thing um, with any other, you know, uh, dynamic in creation. It's, it's unique to human beings. And um, we are uh, created by God with the ability to create not just, not just functional things, um, which, you know, um, animals can do that, right? They can create a nest or they can create things that they need but we can create things that are strictly there for, for beauty and for, right. for pleasure, if you will. And, you know, that, you know, some people that doesn't, they don't quite understand that because they're very functional and very, you know, uh, very, very, you know, practical. Right. And so, yes, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily make sense to everybody. Right. But, right. <laughs> but, but what God's done in giving us his his creativity is that he's given us the opportunity to reflect and demonstrate his beauty and his splendor in, mm-hmm. in things that are above and beyond just the function. I mean, when we look at how God created the heavens and the earth, and we look at the billions of, of organisms and, and, and creatures that God created, I mean, he truly went overboard, right? He truly went beyond just, well, you need this animal to be able to eat this animal. And then, you know, and then you have a food chain and he could, like God went above and beyond to display his greatness. And so the arts and entertainment really in a redeemed sense, that mountain is to display the beauty and the splendor of who God is. Amen. And, and so that's really what we're tr- attempting to do anytime we touch that mountain. Now, like you've pointed out, um, the, the, the biggest downfall, the biggest pitfall to this mountain is idolatry. Because instead of creating beauty and art and above and beyond type stuff that speaks of the greatness of the creator, mm-hmm. we sometimes in our idolatry, we idolize the one who created these things rather than the one who created everything, right? Yeah. And so, so the biggest hindrance in the arts and entertainment mountain is idolatry. And it's where man takes the glory uh, that should go to God for the gift that God's given them, and man takes it for himself. Um, mm-hmm. And so this, this dynamic is um, why it's so important for the church to uh, pray for this mountain. One other piece to add to that is that you know, we have to understand uh, the dynamics of, of Lucifer when he was created um, as, as really as a worship angel. 
Um, if we look into things uh, like in Ezekiel and Isaiah, where it talks about some of these things, you know, he was created to be almost like the, the, the grand worship leader of heaven, uh, it seems, from, from what we read there. And so the problem was Lucifer, instead of giving the glory to God, you know, pride rose in his heart. And he said, I will be like the most high. I will ascend to the whole, you know, and, and he decided that he would put himself on an equal plane with what, with what God, with who God was. Um, and he took the glory to himself because of the, the, the awesomeness of the way God created him. And so there's a built-in dynamic uh, in the arts and entertainment industry and mountain of spiritual warfare as to who will get the glory um, with all these things. And so it's very, very important. It's, a, it's a, in a many ways a front lines battle um, for wow. the church to be praying into. That's so, so good. I think that, um, you know, there are so many ways where when we're not sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit or his leading, or we try to legislate his move or legislate righteousness, we miss moments to reach these kinds of, you know, um, individuals or image bearers who have these gifts that will go into places like Hollywood, that will produce movies, that will release music and, and write books. And so what are some of the ways that you think the body of Christ has not recognized this strategic spiritual assault against this sphere, this sphere and how can we become uh, more sensitive? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, go, playing back off of something I mentioned earlier, not everybody recognizes the importance of arts and entertainment. That is uh, so good. We can spend a whole episode just on that. Right. I mean, you know, we, we see it being cut out of school programs and different things yeah. like that. And, um, you know, it's one of these things that we can look at as, um, you know, extra or or just, you know, uh, non-essential. That's a good word for all the, all that we've really been good. through in the last uh, a couple of years, right? Non-essential. Um, you know, so we can look at it like that. Um, and yet, I don't think I don't think if God's gifted us with creativity um, in it, inherently in in who we are as people, um, how could it be? How could it be non-essential? Um, and right. so that's that's one thing that I think the church needs to awaken. Uh, too, is that this, this dynamic of what it means to be in the image of God and what it means to be really, what it means to be human um, is an essential piece of the expression that we need to be carrying. So this is, this is something that I think the church has not seen in some cases, and as a result, hasn't given attention to. Mm. And what's happened is our culture then has come in and basically filled that void in a uh, dramatic way. And what we, what we really see um, happening is we see that arts and entertainment are being used to disciple an entire generation of people. Right. You know, we're, we're looking at a, a group of people who are, are not discipled by some of the things that we've traditionally thought uh, shape people's minds and things like that. The biggest influencers right now, if you look at at, at the, the youth and young adults, the biggest influences on them are 
actors and actresses, uh, athletes, musicians and singers. They are far and away the most influential people um, on, you know, a generation uh, of young people. And so what happens is in that creativity, you can relate values to people and Mm. the values can be good values or they can be not good values. And so that's, you know, that's one area where I don't think that the body of Christ has recognized that this is a way, this in fact is a, I would argue one of the primary ways um, in our culture that values and truth uh, and, and uh, stories, stories can be related to uh, another, the next generation. And so churches are looking for ways to reach people with the gospel and are discarding the arts you know, that's, they're, they're doing themselves a, a massive disservice. Absolutely. And the interesting thing that I've seen, even as a worship leader, um, as an independent Christian artist who has worked with different, um, you know, or, or met different writers and singers in the secular realm, when you talk to uh, these individuals or musicians, they'll often tell you that they started out in the church. Yeah. But they don't stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so which is it's just so so devastating to see that that potential can't it's it's almost like it's out of the understanding or capacity of the church to know how to you know cultivate both the spiritual you know, formation of the believer and the gifting that is within them to the glory of God. And so how can the church do a a better job of stewarding the heart of the worship leader and the creative and even more so not being guilty of the very characteristics that are present in the world and making it transactional? Because some churches have hired musicians and allowed them to operate as hirelings. Right. And so they don't really care about any accountability or if you're actually growing in the knowledge and grace of the Lord, of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And so how can we not be guilty of that and do better with it? Yeah. So I think you just kind of put your finger on um, probably two, as they say that the, the, the ditch on either side of the road. Right. So, so there's this uh, you know, this dynamic in some places where uh, like you just mentioned, people become hirelings and they are there purely because of their skill. Uh, yep. they're, they're not there because they carry something um, from a spiritual dynamic, nor is anybody really trying to disciple them into a place where they would grow spiritually. And right. so um, that I say is one major error. But the other side is uh, like we just talked about, you know, churches and, and ministries who who kind of have no paradigm for the arts uh, and think it's it's non-essential, or if they think, well, we should make room for this, but they're not willing to uh, put some resources financially, uh, you know, into these kinds of things, that can be a, a hindrance as well. And I think either one of those can be a, a stumbling block uh, to, uh, you know, creative people in the church. And so um, we have to get to a place where we recognize that w- we want to honor people's gifts, um, but we also need to disciple them. 
You know, that, that at the end of the day, everything we do in the church is about making disciples of Jesus. And right. so, um, so how do I disciple you as a creative person? Because you have to first be a disciple of Jesus and then be a creative person, not be mm -hmm. a creative person and then a disciple of Jesus. Because if, <laughs> right. it's, if it's that way, then your creativity is always primary in your life and it can become an identity. And so yeah. I think one of the ways that we can, we can help cultivate, you know, um, you know, a healthy culture for creative people in the church is to tell them, number one, at the outset, you know, be honest with them. We, yeah. we, are, we are here to make disciples of Jesus. And if you're yeah. not here to be a disciple of Jesus, then, you know, it may not be the right fit for you, essentially, because that has to be the main priority. But then secondly, I think what you need to say to people is, you know, that process of discipleship looks different for everybody. And this mm -hmm. is where other people have gotten tripped up, at, you know, in that there are some people who look at it and go, wait a minute, you went and you played in a bar on Saturday night, and then you came to church and you played in church on Sunday morning. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. if you're calling as an artist or as a creative uh, is to go into, um, you know, non-church venues. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be a light in those, those venues, then yeah, um, that's fine. But it has to all be under the umbrella of discipleship, right? So, yeah. so you can't be going in there and, and acting like, you know, the other folks, right? You have to be going right. in as a light, right? And so I think there's this like give and take. And I think one thing that's very important to understand is that artistic people often are very unique personalities right everybody probably yeah. knows like that that person who you know there are some people you know like you can eat i know you're very artistic but you also have like this organizational thing and you know like but right. not all creative people are like that right some of them are just lost in space and they're just out you know um yep. and so so you have to kind of understand the the artistic temperament sometimes and how people like that are and some people are very different they're different on purpose they have a yeah. different a different perspective on the world and it's actually a gift from god yeah. uh, and so we have to learn to honor that and foster that and not try to get them to think like everybody else um you know and and so that's that's really a key to i think allowing people to be who they are um and that means too that sometimes our definition of what's, um, I'll say, appropriate in church uh, has to shift a little bit because for some people, and I, I'm not saying inappropriate, right? But I'm saying there are some things that we think, well, you know, if it's not worship, we're not doing it in church. But sometimes there's things that are, are not necessarily corporate worship. It's not a song all of us can sing along to, but, but we right. can, man, we could benefit from you know, a song that someone wrote and, or a piece of art or a painting. It could be abstract yeah. art. You know, there's some, there's some people in the church who just cannot understand abstract art because it just, you know, well, I don't understand the meaning. It's not clear. Listen, you know, let things speak uh, on a dimension that maybe we're not, we don't understand totally. Yes. But if we, if we understand the heart of the person it's coming from, because we know that they're a committed disciple, then, you know, we can allow things to operate and speak on levels that we don't understand. And the more we wow. dumb it down in our churches to the lowest common denominator of what everybody can understand and what everybody can engage with, 
the more we drive artists and creative people out of the church because they don't like that. Wow. Which keeps the church from actually reaching its full potential. Right. As a whole. Um, wow. That is so powerful. So, so good. Now I would, I would like to ask, you know, if there were three top things or prayer points that we could pray into the sphere of arts, media, and entertainment, what would you say those main three things would be? Yeah, I mean, to me, the main three things would be, number one would be praying for Christians who are in this mountain. Um, you know, yeah. particularly the ones who are in in very high places of influence. Um, and, and, and so we've got... I'll just name a couple, right? For example, um, and maybe some of this will be a little bit controversial, but well, <laughs> you you know okay. you know who you're talking to. So exactly. anyway, <laughs> go right ahead. But but we've got people like, uh, for example, Kanye West, right? You know, I, I personally believe, my personal opinion, that God has done a real work in his heart. Um, uh-huh. But but you know, he is a he is a a baby Christian, right? And so. We shouldn't expect, you know, um, we shouldn't expect absolute maturity from him. But exactly. man, should we be praying for him? The yes. impact, the, the, the audience he has, you know, and what, what really bothers me is when Christians speak so many negative words against someone like him. And yes. really all you're doing when you do that is you're tearing that person down and, and, and hindering them in them reaching their destiny or their goal. And so um, I think praying for someone like a Kanye West or even Amen. someone like uh, a Justin Bieber, who I believe right. the Lord's working in too. Uh, these guys, these two guys have the kind of reach that no Christian, you know, in the ministry world, I don't care if it's TD Jakes, I don't, you name the biggest right. person you can think That's of, right. they don't have that reach. These guys have a reach that is beyond that. And we are foolish if we are not praying for their uh, continued growth uh, as people who want to follow Jesus and this kind of stuff. And then, you know, as another example, um, and this is still kind of the first point, but um, we have yeah. something like like The Chosen, um, which I don't know if people are aware of that. Um, it's, 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 not, it's not the same as a Kanye West or Justin Bieber. It's a very grassroots uh, thing that's come out of the church, right. but it's had incredible, incredible impact and success in such a broad, uh, you know, community of people. And it's excellent. It's so good. Um, yes. but, but we best believe that the enemy targets um, those who are having the most influence. I always say the enemy knows which wells to poison um, yes. because, you know, he will always go there. So we need to pray. Number one, we need to pray for these people who are prominent and who are high profile in the arts and entertainment uh, mountain um, who, you know, God is using in powerful ways. Um, yeah, so that's one. And I think the second one, I'll try to go faster on these other ones, but um, the, the, this idea that part of what we're doing with arts and entertainment is mm-hmm. we, are, uh, we are becoming word made flesh to people. Um, mm. now, now as we're recording this, I, it's, it's right around the Advent time. And so, you know, it's one of those things where we're thinking about the word being made flesh, 
you know, the enemy is knows the word of God and doesn't yes. seem to be concerned or worried about the word of God. But yeah. when the word made flesh showed up, when Jesus showed up, he said, are you here to torment us? It's, you know, what the enemy was petrified. And so the thing that the enemy fears the most is the word made flesh. And that didn't end with Jesus' incarnation. It was that we see the greatest picture of it in Jesus' incarnation. But we now, as believers, are the body of Christ. We are, in a sense, the word made flesh. And when art, it, which, is, which is so tangible in the sense of yeah. it, it hits our, our senses in a very real way, it can be word made flesh to people. So my thing would be this. Pray that we, as, as the church, produce art that is word made flesh, Amen. that it really becomes the living word to people and it, it becomes alive and active and it ministers to their spirits, not just their souls. Um, yeah. You know, we can stir people up in, in their soul realm with songs that have nothing to do with Jesus, right? But we can only minister to people's spirit when we're, when we're dialed into that place of, of, you know, what the Holy Spirit's giving us. And then the last one is, you know, we do need to be real about these unrighteous influences that are running yeah. rampant um, in our culture. And so I would say we need to pray that the Lord would protect, um, you know, people from these unrighteous influences. And, and let's pray for these people who, who are, are promoting and, and releasing some of these unholy sounds or, or, or whatever it might be. Pray for these people. Yeah. Um, pray for God to shake them up. Pray for pray for Him to do with you know I don't want to name anybody because it seemed negative or whatever. But pray for Him to do with someone who's who's doing something nasty, exactly what He did with Kanye to get a hold of his heart and to yeah. to just change them and do a one eighty. What better testimony could there be? So I think that's three really key ways to be praying for this mountain. So so powerful. Oh my gosh! Awesome, awesome, awesome. So rich. The word of God tells us in Acts 2.17 that in the last days, the Lord says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Jimmy, what are you sensing in the spirit realm as it pertains to this next generation of called creatives and God establishing a remnant to draw a harvest to himself? Yeah, I mean, this is a great, a great question to ponder because the, the Lord has just been so uh, hammering home in my heart lately that we have to have our eyes fixed on the harvest. Obviously, our eyes fixed on him, but then, then we have to be thinking, you know, Jesus said, lift up your eyes, look and see that the fields are white all around you. Don't say four months and then the harvest comes. It's right now. It's, it's, it's close to you, both in proximity uh, and in time. And so there are people right around you right now uh, that are ready for harvest. And so I believe this. I believe that if we're going to be truly harvest-minded, we need to know what the avenue is that God is going to use in this day and age. And I can tell you that just culturally speaking, mm -hmm. I... You know, we are in a time in a postmodern culture mm -hmm. where a talking head and somebody telling you things that they believe to be true and trying to convince you that they're true is less effective than it's ever been. 
Now, I don't want right. to diminish. I don't want to diminish the power of God and preaching and these kinds of things, right? I, I honor that, but I will say that we have to understand where our culture is. And even you know the, the apostles did this. They would engage people where they were. And I believe what God has done in the Great Awakenings uh, of of the seventeen and eighteen hundreds through preaching, He's going to do through the arts in the days ahead, because we're living a culture where it's not about. I, don't, I mean, this sounds weird to say, but it's not even about truth anymore. It's not. Right. It's right. about who can tell the most compelling and most beautiful story. But guess what the good news is? We still have the market cornered on that. Eggs preach. You know, I mean, of course, what we share is truth. Yes, absolutely. But it's beautiful. It's, you know, the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of, of Jesus and all these things. It's, it's incredible what mm. we, I mean, you know, we had a moment in our, in our worship uh, set last night where we were just taking a moment to say, thank you, Lord, for choosing us as your bride. I mean, how incredible is that? How, what, what if we pondered that? What if we created art about that? And so I believe that part of what God wants to do in pouring out his spirit on uh, another generation, on the young men and the young women, is to anoint them and to gift them and to grace them to unlock the beauty of the gospel um, to a whole generation who will not listen to a talking head and who will not be captivated by that, who won't sit down and listen to a 45-minute sermon, but they'll watch, you know, a a, a four-minute video uh, that can that can present the truth of of who Jesus is in a beautiful way, uh, in a way that will capture them. And so I really believe this is why the arts and entertainment are, are the tip of the spear in many ways um, related to the move of God that uh, I believe he's, he's wanting to, to release in our nation in these days. Hallelujah. Oh, man, this is just been incredible. And I honestly, you know, we, in every episode, we always say, how do we love beyond? What is the call to action here? But you have given that, I mean, you've laid that out uh, so clearly giving us the necessary takeaways to not only pray, but to respond uh, to those prayers and our actions and how we love uh, those who are part of this sphere, both saved and unsaved. I think, you know, not understanding that we need to be demonstrating the love of Christ as the word of God commands us to um, is so, so critical. So thank you so much for laying that out. I I think the best way to close this out is just to have you pray. You know, we, we're the national day of prayer. And so we pray. And so we also like to close these episodes out in prayer, but I would love it, Jamie, if you could just cover this sphere, cover these hearts, all of these young uh, people who are searching for identity, searching for purpose, leaving home, taking risks to go to a place to follow a dream that they know something, some being put a gifting inside of them. And that being is God, you know? And so can we pray for those who are searching for that, those answers, uh, and that they would find it in Christ and be using these gifts for his glory. Yeah, absolutely. No, that would be awesome. And <clears throat> I, uh, 
uh, it's an honor to to pray with with uh, with you and with the others who are connected to this call. So thank you again. Amen. But uh, yeah, Father, we we thank you today, yeah, Lord, that you are both Creator and Redeemer, mm. and Lord, that as such you have a double right of uh, lordship over us, uh, Lord, because not only did you create us, but you have redeemed us. And so, Father, I thank you today that you're opening our eyes to the importance of what it means to be created in your image and to be creative and to uh, exhibit and to display your beauty and your glory to the world around us. And, Father, I thank you, Lord, for waking up the church, Lord, in this hour, Lord, all of us, to the importance of the arts and entertainment. Father, forgive us where we have not uh, we have not seen what's going on as mm. as artists and 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 uh, actors and actresses have discipled young people right before our eyes. Lord, forgive us where we've not um, recognized this and where we've not uh, raised up others in our midst to who mm. have this grace to to do what you've called them to do. So, Lord, I thank you that, that there is a turning point in these days ahead. And I thank you, Lord, that this new year would be a powerful time of the church in this nation, Lord, stepping into a greater grace in the area of arts and entertainment. Yes. Father, I thank you today, Lord, for those who are called to this arena. And I thank you for those who are created uh, and gifted with creativity. Father, we declare that all gifts, Lord, all gifts come from you, come from the creative one. And Lord, even those who have not chosen to submit their gifts to you and who are currently using their gifts, Lord, to serve another kingdom. Lord, right now, we thank you, Father, that, that there is grace for them. We thank you that your light breaks forth into their hearts. Lord, we thank you that your truth breaks forth into their hearts. Lord, let there be an awakening in their soul that they would see the one who has gifted them and they would turn their hearts to you. And Father, for those who are using their gifts and their talents to honor you and to give glory to you, Father, especially those in places of high prominence and that are high profile, Father, we pray for your continued grace today. Lord, let your hand be over them. Lord, let your covering be over them. Father, we thank you for Psalm 91 protection over them, that, yes. that whatever the enemy would bring against them, Lord, that it would, it would uh, be snuffed out by your protection. Yes. Father, we thank you that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Lord, we, we pray for those in these prominent places who are, who are, uh, telling your story and giving glory to you, Lord, that you would keep them from destructive forces, that you would keep them from sin, that you would keep them yes. from the lies of the enemy, Lord, that you would keep them from spiritual attack, that you would protect their families, Lord. Father, we pray that the blood would cover them today. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that speaks a better word over them than any curse or any demonic strategy that would come against them. So, Father, we declare your blood over them today. And Father, we thank you that in all of this, Lord, you are moving us to a place where, where you will use creativity 
and the arts, Lord, to not only win people to you, but to cause people to fall deeper in love with you and to become fully committed and fully devoted disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are moving, that you are stirring up hearts, that you are causing gifts to come alive in people that never even knew they had them. And so, Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for your amazing uh, grace and your amazing plan, Lord, that you're working in this hour. We thank you that we get to be a part of it. We lift up this mountain of the arts and entertainment before you. We say that it is yours, that all the mountains are yours, the earth is yours, and the fullness thereof. And so we bless you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 I can't tell you how powerful this episode was. It's going to be such a blessing uh, to every hearer. Thank you so much, Jamie, for being with us today. We appreciate you. And we're so excited. We're definitely going to have you back to talk about a lot more. There's a lot more praying we got to do and a lot more serving that we got to do. So I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. It's an honor. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening to the Love Beyond podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes that will ignite your hearts and lives toward a prayer care share lifestyle. Follow the United in Love initiative at unitedinlove.org or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining us today. We invite you to take this moment into a movement. Go live love beyond.